What's up, everybody? It's Chad from Ask Chad Grassy Logic. I'm here today with uh, my friend here, Dom, from um, Brian's Green Care. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about a few things. But first, we're going to be talking about Brian's Green Care. They're um, a new shop here in Cruces. However, they're not a new shop to the industry. Um, we'll get to more to that in a second. And uh, Dom, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem, man. You know, it's great to see you guys here in town. You know, I've, I've actually interviewed um, owners last year on the CannaCast. So it's really good to see some of the staff and everything coming down. You know, it's been about a year. So it's good to hear, you know, on the THC side, how you guys have been doing. So yeah, you know, with that, with that being said, you know, tell me a little about yourself and a little bit about Brian's, uh, Brian's Green Care and everything. Yeah, well, uh, my name is Dominic. Uh, I've been a manager at Brian's Green Care for over five years. Mm. Uh, the company started as a CBD apothecary about 2015. Um, and kind of on the eye of a to the future yeah um on this may 1st transition but definitely the background in cbd got us really ready uh for this uh april 1st uh green transition that happened last year yeah it's been a wild year um we're very very excited uh, our locations in hobbs roswell and Rudoso have been going off since april 1st roswell had a little bit of a hiccup with the zoning uh things going on there but yeah, I was at the uh, Ruidoso opening on April 1st, and it was, I think it, it was something to remember, that's for sure. Yeah. So it's exciting to see where it's come and to see where it goes. Yeah. And uh, we'll be here for it. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, I hope you guys are here for a long run. You know, I, I really dig the shop, you know, that, of course, you know, like I said, I met the owners last year, you know, I've known them and been in contact for a while, really good people um so it's good that you guys came to cruises you know i'm, I'm really glad you know it's kind of just showed up one day and i was like hey ryan's green care let me go to have to come by whenever they do the grand opening uh because you know i'm sure you guys have been busy and all that so how has it been on this side of the cannabis industry because you know we have hemp cbd and now we have the, the thc side how has it been is you know what's the differences for you uh to be honest not as much of a difference as you would think mm -hmm. I mean, CBD and CBG, CBN, those are cannabinoids as well. Yeah. You know, they attach to the same endocannabinoid system. You know, we've been preaching about locating milligram floors individually, educating about different administrations, and then that easily transitioned over to THC. Mm -hmm. So that was a very uh, beneficial thing for us. You know, I felt like, you know, we were prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, as a company to transition very smoothly. Mm -hmm. So as a difference, it really isn't that much that in that respect, the inventory and the customer base is what is the difference. Yeah. Um, obviously. Yeah. Um, you go from people, you know, just trying to get benefit holistically to the recreational customer. And uh, that's an expansion that uh, has benefited us, uh, kept us real busy. And forced my move from my CBD store that we were running in uh, El Paso by the university. And I moved it up to Las Cruces. And uh, it's been a wild ride as far as that goes. But we're here. Yeah. And we're extremely happy uh, for Brian's Green Care to be in Las Cruces. Um, being able to emphasize and not abandon that CBD side, mm -hmm. we're able to provide that product and that benefit to our customer base while at the same time providing customers with premium 
THC products, high percentages, and the diversity as well. You know, we like to maintain, it's not all about percentages, the terpene profiles really manipulate those things as well. So we like to educate that side of things and kind of tear away from that sativa indica conversation and more yeah. towards, you know, hey, you know, this strain offers these particular benefits for these um, terpenes and the sativa indica can kind of be manipulated that way. And that's also with the CBD conversation that we've been having for the last, you know, five years, personally, you know, being prepared to have those conversations with those customers that require that, you know, conversation. We'll have your customers interested in percentages, sure. But, you know, whenever you'll have those people wanting benefit for particular reasons, we definitely need to be on our toes and know what we're talking about. No, definitely. hundred percent. You know, and, and that's one thing that um, the industry nationwide is lacking is you know the knowledge on the, the terpenes and you know like the benefits of terpene profiles and the different ones that could you mix together you know some may benefit me and some might not benefit you and vice versa so exactly yeah it's and great that you guys are really focusing on that yeah and it's just really exciting because this is all not new information but it's just developed information that just comes out and we're you know going with it and it's just really exciting to see you know how much it's grown the industry has grown last five years and it's a joke to even laugh about what it's been like whenever i started you know 20 years ago yeah yeah so you've been with um the company or whatever for about five years yes okay five years wow yeah it's, it's quite a bit now you know and uh, guys you know like 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 you know like like i said last year we started adult sales you know he's obviously been with them since they're on the cbd side and that's quite a bit you know to be with them was it always cbd or did you guys have anything before or kind of just transition a few times we definitely had cbd as an emphasis but we were a hemp apothecary okay um so there was a lot of herbalism that we incorporated in some of our you know, a lot of our products um to really you know not specifically terpene wise, but you're definitely influencing the product whenever you're incorporating natural herbs and roots and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. So we would definitely incorporate some like herbal tinctures and salves and stuff like that um, into our products. And those offered a lot of benefit to our customers and really kind of gave an extra kick with that CBD emphasis background. But uh, we did offer a lot of you know herbalistic and uh, those types of products yeah from the beginning and we're not abandoning that yeah. you know a lot of our gummies do have some natural herbs and roots mm -hmm. um, specifically we have a night night gummy that has you know valerian root lemon balm hops poppy oh okay. just those natural herbs yeah. and roots that help stimulate that you know relaxation process with you know a 10 milligram kick of thc 10 milligram kick of cbd and then you're going to bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a lot of that yeah. legwork is the herbalism yeah. that we incorporate. So we that's been, you know, the ownership group, Roberta, Vicky, and, and Logan and all the people at production. I mean, it's a rock, it's a rock star group down there. Yeah. And we're very proud of them. So, you know, they're kicking up some premium product. And, you know, me as a manager and, you know, our staff that, you know, that we have across the board, we got to keep up with them yeah. and just, you know, provide premium service with the premium product that we're providing yeah and you know just speaking of the premium product i was there for the grand opening and i got to see the shop looked really amazing you know it's coming together of course you know more and more but you know it looks really good um and i noticed the price points you guys have are really good you know some some places in town you won't see that you know there's a couple of places that you will like a 180 ounces i think is what it was um all the way you know to 14 grams 
Uh, so that's really, if you guys don't know, $180 ounces, that's actually pretty cheap. Uh, you know, you're not going to find that many other places. You'll pay about three to $400 for an ounce, you know, with these days prices and with tax, you know, tax on top of that, you know, you're going to end up paying more. So, you know, I mean, what are, what are some of the cultivars that you guys do have that are on, you know, the $14 price point, you know, the, the super terpiness, you know, what, what are those ones you guys have? Yeah. So I'm telling you, we like to provide a wide range of products. You know, we do have our top shelf items, um, but we also like to provide the products without slacking on the quality Okay. Um, at very, very reasonable price points. We have uh half gram pre-rolls for four dollars i can get you an ounce for eight dollars i mean i'm sorry gram for eight dollars yeah and then our ounces are price broken we got them for 170 and 180 um it's cheap so and everything in between um at the various percentages terpene profiles um we have our farm that we have a micro grow but it doesn't supply what we need. So yeah. we have other farmers that we establish relationships and there are some really, really good farmers. We got a good crew there that provides some really, really fire and, and gassy stuff. Uh, but you know, it's not enough to fill our shelves. So we do establish these uh, relationships with a lot of uh, other micro grows, macro grows. And if you know, we like it, we get it. Yeah. No, that's great. And, uh, and like I said, we won't we won't find like a forty dollar, fifty dollar ounce because that type of quality isn't gonna. It's not what we're wanting to get involved in. Yeah, yeah, it's there, but you don't want to sell it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we do have uh, everything in between. Our percentages are peaking at you know thirty four percent. Our terpene profiles, you know, are just all over the place mm -hmm. and it's everything we got prepackaged flour pre-rolls extracts cartridges and so we, you guys got the bloom <laughs> yeah, we, got the, we got the blooms um and i don't want to not talk about the chefs and the crew that make our baked goods oh man those baked goods were amazing I got they, to try some on the grand I've opening. I've never told them this in person, but if they ever hear this, they are gods. They make the best stuff, and I don't know how they do it. I'm going um, to clip this then. <laughs> it, I, I, I do, um, and I don't want to undersell it. It This stuff is really good. Yeah. And uh, we'll throw in some milligram counts. We've got 100-milligram packages, baked goods, 25-milligram individual baked goods, cookies, brownies, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So it's everything. Nice. It's yeah, everything I mean, from top to bottom. And, you know, that's what we're here for is just providing that variety. Yeah. No, it's great to hear because, you know, some places just pre-rolls and grams all day, you know, and, you know, very limited selection of edibles or very limited selection of extracts or, you know, rosin or anything. Mm -hmm. So it's good to hear that you guys um, are really specializing in just providing everything you could. And those edibles, your, your chefs, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're very that, good. That was part of the THC expansion. Our CBD yeah. gummies, that was able to allow us to just incorporate the THC right into the recipe. So that was no problem. They started pumping out these things. And I, <laughs> that, this was new within the last year, you know? And, yeah. And every time they're coming, you know, they hardly last. And uh, 
they do a really good job down there. Oh, they do. And, you know, the what I tried was amazing. I mean, it was two different spectrums of flavor. You know, you had like the very sweetness to the other one that was a little tart. And uh, I just really loved it. You know, yeah. like it was very light with the flavor. You know, you, sometimes you can taste the cannabis, you know, and like mm -hmm. it's not always the best tasting when it's in an edible, you know, like for some reason. Um, but you couldn't really taste it. Yeah. And no, they, I really appreciate it. I, it was it's something. And yeah. it's and the thing is, it's like on the fly. You yeah. Know? Like, well, what do you want to make today? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's dope. That's good to hear. You know, just allow the creativeness to flow. Exactly. That's kind of what I tasted. You know, you just taste the, you know, the creativeness of it. Yeah, you the know? Love. Yeah, you have that pecan on there, salted, a little bit of caramel. Oh, man. Anyway, I could talk all day about that. It was good. Um, I really wanted to touch real quick about what we were talking with Roswell because, you know, there's certain people that are probably listening that aren't too keen in the industry to know what we're talking about because, you know, I know what you're talking about. Um, if you guys don't know, and I'll explain a little right now, and he could explain way more because I wasn't there. Roswell didn't happen to set any anything for the city when it came time for April 1st. <laughs> so they didn't have adult sales in the city. And um, you can only do medical. So that would last, I don't know how many months, how many, how many months did that last? It wasn't, I don't know. And I don't want to speak out of school. It wasn't yeah. too long. Yeah. Uh, I think they were only delayed maybe a couple of months. Like, I thought it was like two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Roswell didn't have an April 1st. Yeah. Which was unique. Yeah, that is unique, actually. Unique yeah. to them. Um, we got there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there was some uh, zoning issues that, you know, some municipalities, once the bill passed, everybody had to do it. Yeah. But not everybody wanted to do it. Yeah. And so, you know, there were some municipalities in our region where we're based out of, um, had a lot of fight. Mm -hmm. um, they did what they could to kind of regulate things and weed out as many people as they could. And unfortunately, that they probably succeeded in some of that. Yeah. Um, but we rolled with the punches, eventually got Roswell open, and uh, it's a unique thing uh, how every municipality is a different fight. Mm -hmm. um, how Roswell just straight up didn't have an April 1st, you know, you just got to roll with it. Yeah. It is what it is. Not much you can do. You know, it is what it is. So mm -hmm. we just rolled with it. Hobbs, they wanted to. They uh, had some water main things that they incorporated so they we did try to weed people out that way yeah ruidoso we didn't really have much of a our a transition with the municipality there um we got grandfathered in downtown we love our location in ruidoso down right there on sutterth oh beautiful. everybody's walking right yeah. by so uh, we got lucky there yeah and uh, las cruces you know um it, it wasn't difficult in the sense that the municipality was making it hard on the fly. They just had their boxes to check mm -hmm. and uh, took some time. Yeah. What I do commend the city on is their approach on communicating with the cannabis uh, industry, particularly the business owners, mm -hmm. on specifically what they needed to do oh, to cool. get open. Yeah. Um, so I commend those guys downtown there at the uh, planning and zoning and city development uh, really did work with us it took us four months we uh i moved my store from el paso in december we were selling cbd yeah but you know we wanted to get there and it took with the special users permit with the residential buffer it took some time and then we had to get rezoned but 
like I said, once they found out those issues, they told us what we needed to do. We did it and we got open. So we've been selling THC here in Las Cruces for about two, three weeks. Okay. So yeah, you guys are real fresh. I thought it was like a month already, but you know, I guess it's, month, it's been a good one. It might be slow. flying by me, you know, yeah. it could be closer to a month. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess, you know, seeing it, you know, being resurrected with the signs and everything driving by just feels longer because you know being open versus being there are two different things yeah yeah um, so i guess it feels like it's been there a little longer than uh, what's going on yeah and definitely the, the lines get blurred yes yeah. i've been there since december really trying to just get everything done and all of a sudden we can just sell it and i don't yeah. i guess i should have known that date it would have been memorable <laughs> for us that's all right man you know like um we get busy Sometimes you know with those yes, dates right there, just so. kind of flying. Like, oh, day, what, what day was that? That would be a good day to celebrate. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't really think about it. Yeah. yeah. So, what are the plans for Brian's Green Care? Are you guys going to expand more, or is kind of cruises, you know, the last stop? Or you know, no, I wouldn't imagine. You know, I, I'm sure we would love to expand. Yeah. Um, but definitely getting our foot here uh, established is something that we're uh, prioritizing. I'd have to get reinvolved with the city and seeing what we can do uh, with our site. The building we're located in at 1024 South Main, right south of downtown, is a unique building. It's standalone. It, it's an old, it was built in the 1930s. It used to be the old Birkenstock store. Oh, okay. Um, I got a nice patio out there. We can kind of look into some things, uh, but if I was to do some consumption out there, We'd have to wait for the outdoor laws. If we were to do indoor expansion, I'd have to get rezoned mm -hmm. and get through that process. Um, that's always something that uh, we're probably going to absolutely extinguish. If we can't do it, we can't do it, but we're going to look into it. Yeah. Um, but also just looking forward to the growth of the industry. This is brand new. I know it's a year, but mm -hmm. it's brand new in New Mexico. And we're really looking forward to growing and expanding and just seeing all the new stuff that comes out with the technology and the advancements and just rolling with it. And we're going to be here. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And yeah. You guys have been here for a while and uh, I was really glad to have you on the show today too, because I, I want to have you guys on. Um, but you know, it's really great that, you know, it's so short after your um, grand opening that you had this past weekend. Yeah. Um, so that's very fortunate, you know, we're able to say congratulations and everything and Thank welcome you. to Las Cruces. Thank you. Um, you know, I'm really excited to see what comes from it. I hope maybe you guys can get the consumption lounge thing going because as I said before, guys, the only way we're going to get that changed is if we all work together um, and go to the city and let them know, hey, this and this and this. And one of their concerns is consent. You know, they want to ensure that people have the choice to be around smoke or not. And I guess I get that. But normally these places are found away from areas where people are just like walking around, hanging out. It's not in a downtown area, which even downtown, I can go to Rad and there's a fence to my hip and someone's smoking a cigarette. So, I mean, we really got to be a little cautious about when we're talking about consent because when it comes to cannabis, I get it. You know, people can get high from it. But at the same time, secondhand smoke is secondhand smoke, um, regardless of what the product is. And so when it comes to that, I kind of feel that we shouldn't discriminate against cannabis just for the fact that it's cannabis and we don't really understand. A lot of people don't understand it still. 
um, or they have a misconception about what cannabis is and its history and everything. And that's why the show exists in the first place is because of misconceptions like that. And I feel if we do work with the city, we can finally uh, convince them that, you know, outdoor consumption should be allowed. And not every cannabis consumption is smoking. You know, there's there's drinks, there's edibles, those amazing edibles. Um, there's dabbing, there's the dab pens. You know, it's no different than vaping when people are walking around the town. So, you know, we just have to really sit back, take a look at what we're really talking about, because some of the stuff that we're trying to regulate just doesn't make any sense. So anyway, that's my whole spiel with this. Um, before we move on to the main topics of the you know show and everything, and then again, welcome to Crucis. Um, what's your guys' location and your hours? I know you said it again, but I really want to you know emphasize on the location because some people don't listen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're located at 1024 South Main, mm-hmm. uh, just south of downtown Las Cruces, between El Paseo and Avenida de Mesilla. Okay. Our hours are 10 to 7, Monday through Saturday, and then 12 to 4 on Sundays. And that's probably on Sunday going to expand soon. Okay, nice. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty busy here. (laughs) Um, Would you guys have any, well, last thing, do you guys have anything planned for 420? Yeah, well, every store is going to be busy. True. Um, We're going to have all our 420 markets, all our 420 conventions across the state. Mm -hmm. Hobbs, they have theirs, Roswell and Ruidoso. We here in Las Cruces are going to be attending for sure the 420 convention, Southwest 420 convention. Okay. They're at the convention center on 421. Nice. And then we're looking to get into uh, what was the one? Laughing Grass? Yes. Yeah. That's a good Potentially looking to get into that one. Um, I have some information that just came in this morning that I need to forward to the bosses. Um, That way we can get that ball. Okay, nice. Yeah. Um, we have our first market tomorrow night. Um, the first Friday Fine Arts Flea Market. Okay. Uh, starts at 5 tomorrow night to 10. Okay. And we'll be out there. We'll be pushing CBD and uh, signing everybody up for our point system, giving out some coupons and sending people to the shop. Nice. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. shop's just right down the street anyway. Yeah, we'll yeah. be giving out uh, maybe some samples or something that people sign up. Yeah. Stuff like that. Cool. Yeah, if you guys don't know, you know, they're pretty much one to two minutes from downtown, from the very beginning of downtown, um, if you're coming from uh, south going north. So, yeah, if you guys are in downtown tomorrow, you happen to be there, go check them out. You know, they'll be there, you know, slanging the CBD. But if you go down the street, you can, you know, pick up some THC products. So um, thank you again for being here and we'll continue on with the show. But I just, you know, love the fact that you guys have so much rich history within the industry here. And you know, I really want to touch base on that. So thank no, you again for joining Thank you guys. No, we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving on guys, uh, we're going to talk real quick about New Mexico sales and I'm not just meaning like a month. Um, they came out with like the whole year from April to April, April 22 to April, 2023. Um, so the total sales for rec on the rec side were $300 million and that's before tax. Um, so that that's not just the tax value. That's everything together. Um, so the eight state actually got $27 million um, in taxes, which is not bad. I mean, it's our first year. Everybody was still getting set up. This is a new industry. So you guys have to remember that. And normally with every state, those sales usually just go up and up and up. So we're kind of geared to go up and up. And we're kind of looking like we're going to do that. I don't think Texas is going to legalize cannabis anytime soon. Um, but you never know. So medical cannabis isn't taxed in New Mexico. And you guys have to keep that in mind because those figures aren't really thrown in a lot of times. The combined total is $488 million in sales. So it was almost 
a half a billion dollars in um, sales for the whole state. And that's combined. And that's actually pretty significant. You know, that's a lot of cannabis that was sold through the state. And that's a lot of money. Um, and, you know, a lot of people were able to use cannabis legally in the state, not worry about, you know, getting in trouble for it. And that's great to, to see. Um, our biggest consumer is Texans. And I'm sure you guys, you probably see a lot of Texans. I mean, how many oh, yeah. a day do you think you see? Uh, depends on what store we're in. So Hobbs, yeah, <laughs> quite a bit, yeah, quite a bit. You'd be surprised. We get a strong amount of Ruidoso as well. Okay, that makes maybe sense. not so surprised. West Texas Hamptons. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is. Yeah, and you know, even here, probably yeah. personally, maybe about thirty percent. Yeah, from Texas. And the closer you get to the border, the higher that number gets. Mm -hmm. um, like Sunland Park, we call it um, Little Dubai yeah. in the area. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so I mean, it, so that really affects your guys' sales and helps you out there. But, you know, at the same time, you know, they are getting some kind of relief and, you know, they're able to use cannabis. It just sucks that they got to go back to Texas, mm -hmm. um, you know, at the end of the day or, or whenever, if they're going to stay. Because some people do stay, you know, a couple of days or whatever, they're vacationing. Yeah. So, but um, how have you really seen the sales when we were just medical? to now kind of like oh yeah no it's night and day yeah. um just the amount of people yeah coming in and out it's amazing um just trying to keep up with it you know Hobbs is our obviously our, our busiest store right now yeah um, just because you know that's our flagship you know that was where we started we've had that footprint there <clears throat> and uh that trend kind of is uh the same with like, you know, Ultra and Pecos and places like Ruidoso. Yeah. They've been there. Yeah. And so that really helps those situations out with, you know, why change, you know, it's a familiar thing. For us, you know, keeping up and, uh, you know, just staying ahead of it. It's fun, you know, juggling everything from the banks to, you know, it's just been a wild ride you know um since april 1st that transition you know you were only doing that percentage of medical patients yeah very small percentage of the state and i feel that once it went wreck and people saw the benefit of getting a medical card that percentage of medical patients ticked up a bit yeah um but yeah no it's definitely been obvious for sure uh you know that April 1st day, I remember they had to tag me out. I didn't even know I was on the register for like three hours. Really? You were just like, wait, what? Just going and going and going and yeah. going and going. And, going. and that line just did not get smaller. <laughs> and, you know, just going into Hobbs and working there and, you know, seeing you know, everybody come in. It's a, that's a lot of Texans, too. Yeah. That, you know, you'll see it. And then they're paying that 20%. Yeah. And they're not, come, not coming back anytime soon. So they're buying in bulk. Yeah. So... You know, that revenue is good. You know, seeing that number like that, you know, it's good to see New Mexico get some, you know, alternative revenue come in. Yeah. We needed it. Yeah. And it provides more of an industry for everybody. You know, not everybody wants to work in the oil fields or for the oil industry. Or um, just to be dependent on a fluctuating thing that's mm -hmm. inevitably going to, you know, you do have your highs. But, yeah. you know, being from Hobbs, you know. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. It's... There's lows. Yeah. And they, they get very low. And it's unfortunate, you know, when there's a low, the whole state is affected. Mm -hmm. Now we can kind of curb that a little bit. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it helps out. We've got a little bit of a cushion. I mean, agriculture, you know, and oil are like our biggest ones mm-hmm. in the state, but cannabis gives us that little bit more of a cushion in case something, yeah. you know, and, you know, right now, like I said, it's, you know, a smaller industry, but the industry is growing. I mean, I think we have over 600 and something cannabis um, businesses in the state right now. And, you know, it keeps growing and growing. Um, hopefully, um, they'll allow that to happen and they don't try to pull back on the licenses because naturally the industry will balance itself out. There will be people who get, you know, who will lose their business or, you know, they'll sell their business or whatever. That's just, that's capitalism. Um, and that's the belly of the beast, really. So we're going to go through that. And I kind of feel that bubble is about to burst probably here in probably about seven months. Uh, we'll start seeing the great closure, as I like to call it, um, where a lot of shops that just couldn't make it are starting to close. And, you know, we're starting to see our industry kind of balance out. So I don't really feel that there's a reason for us to limit um, licensing when it comes to that aspect, because we did that with alcohol and it didn't really do us any good. Um, it created this weird monopoly where these alcohol licenses, these liquor licenses were up to anywhere from a million dollars to $200,000 just for the license itself because they weren't issuing anymore. And to see that happen in the cannabis industry in New Mexico would be very unfortunate. And I wouldn't want to see that happen. And when we do talk about licensing again, I kind of feel that we need to be very vigilant and smart when we're going to go to change this because we could end up screwing ourselves in the long run. Um, And it took a long time for us to even get microbrews in the state, you know? (laughs) So um, that's my pitch for that. One thing I did forget about Brian's Green Care is the website. Um, if you want, you want to go through the website real fast? Yeah, we can go and skim through it. Okay. Um, if we want to make any type of online order, uh, obviously all of our CBD products and our hemp-based products are going to be able to be shipped across the country. That also includes our 5-milligram THC gummies and our 10-milligram THC gummies. Okay. Based on that 0.3% threshold. Oh, the whole container. Yeah. Got so it. the weight of the gummy is six grams and 10 milligrams of THC to the six grams mm-hmm. is way less than 0.3%. Yeah. Yeah. So we're able to ship those particular products across the country. Okay. And if you take enough of those, those will get you high. <laughs> Um, good to know so if anybody's <laughs> interested in that those are our everyday gummies and our night night gummies and those are na- nationwide nationwide okay those are hemp based products those mm-hmm. are might as well just be like our cbd salve yeah okay makes sense or hemp flower yeah and then of course you guys got the the thc side yeah, of everything and we do have our thc side so we can offer delivery and pickup service through iheart jane you can place orders there um, we do uh, those services in, based on our location. So you can go to the Hobbs store, order from the Hobbs menu, Las Cruces store, go to the Las Cruces menu. Yeah. And then uh, we will have our price points for the Las Cruces store up to date. I do not have all of my TAC products on there. Okay. Do you want to hit the Hobbs one or which one do you want to look at? Yeah, we can check out the Hobbs All right. One. The reason why, you know, Cruces, the Cruces tab is still getting updated and everything. So it'd make more sense to be on this one. So this is kind of how you go down on the left. You'll have uh, your scales where you can go through and filter out um, some potencies, your strains, your types, go all the way down to specific categories. 
and even the most popular ones as well. We're looking this direction because there's a screen on the wall. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Just people are probably like, what are they looking at? But the thing is with us, uh, if we have any questions about any particular products on the online store, we do like to pride ourselves on education and empowerment. So, there we go. Uh, I mean, an online order is the same thing as an over the phone order. You can call us up and we can do it over the phone just as easy. Okay. So if you have a question about a particular product, or you know your Wi-Fi is banging and you can't get the order through. We do over the phone orders, no problem. Um, we can get you taken care of and even bang out any specific questions that you would have about any of the products, um, especially the CBD side. Nice. Um, if anybody's trying to get benefit that way. Yeah. But you know, online for convenience, over the phone. You know, for certain people, that's a preferred method. Nice. We do that all the time. Yeah. So uh, you can just browse to see our menu. And if you had any questions about the menu or, you know, reach out to us, go through, place the order. Um, and then we offer delivery service in all of our stores and pickup service. So there's no wait time. Nice. And that's good to hear. I mean, there's certain people that, you know, maybe you're traveling from out of town. They're in the hotel. They want to leave, you know, mm -hmm. oh, they want some cannabis too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's at briansgreencare.com. And uh, those services are provided there. Uh, and like I said, iHeartJane is our delivery service. Nice. Cool. Well, um, that's the website, everybody. I wanted to show you guys that. I meant to do it during the, the segment for Brian's Green Care, but uh slipped my mind because I'm not looking at the screen. Uh, so we got that out the way, and I'm glad because, you know, it's a really nice website. You know, it's very user-friendly, and I wanted to show you guys, you know, the how much products they really had and everything. So moving on. Um, so this past week, uh, Las Cruces City Council had a hearing, and they, they do every week. You know, I think or a couple times a month, and um, a lot of times they'll be voted or once a week. They'll be they usually vote on the ordinance, or you know, they have hearings. But um, this week they had the Las Cruces Public Schools, and the superintendent was supposed to be there, but I guess the um, assistant was there with um, Dr. Lozano. You know, the guy has the same last name as me. It's funny, no relation. Um, and they did a presentation about cannabis in schools, and they really were just touching base about the issues that they're having with cannabis in schools. And they weren't really blaming us. And they said at the beginning, like, we're not saying that the reason why this is happening is because cannabis is legal. We're just telling you this is an issue and we don't know what to do about it really. You know, and they just want to let us know what's going on. There was a lot of good information that came from it. And a lot of it I already knew because my parents were teachers for so long. And, you know, they would tell me this information all the time. Um, and it just solidified it really because it's still true to this day. And <clears throat> really what it was is they were just, they were fair, they were unbiased, and they acknowledged that kid drug use in their youth, especially like, you know, in middle school, there's usually issues at home. Uh, do you have kids? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like, uh, is there any issues that you've run into since legalization with them or? No, no. no. I mean, he's only going to be three. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that conversation is long away. <laughs> so we'll get there. But no, um, I've had my feelings. I regret getting introduced to TAC early. Yeah. I wish I would have waited just because I wasn't super young, yeah. but my brain was definitely developing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I was in high school Yeah, and that is a regret. And that's something that I would definitely convey to anybody. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do this, wait, yeah. wait till you're done developing. And you know, after that, do what you need to do. Yeah. No, if you need it, you need it. But yeah, um, 
I definitely sympathize with that for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I don't think kids should be, you know, using cannabis again, if you need it, you need it. Um, medicinally in New Mexico, medicinally kids can have cannabis. Their parents are their caregivers. Um, and that's what I mean. If you know, if you're a medical patient, that's totally different. You know, it's a total different thing. Um, but as for kids using recreationally, no, not hundred percent. No. Um, if you guys don't know this, usually around 25, roughly your brain is finally fully matured and they recommend then to use cannabis. So even when you're 21, you know, a lot of us are drinking before then, you know, your brain isn't fully developed. And that's something that, you know, I would share with you is I, I wish I was a little older um, before I used any substance, um, you know, cannabis or alcohol. And, you know, I didn't, but, you know, this is a, a lesson to maybe, you know, some kids out there that, you know, yeah, maybe your friends are going to do it. It might be cool, but, you know, there could be another reason why they're using cannabis, you know, and don't just try to be part of the crowd or whatever. And, you know, if there are issues, you know, use your resources, you know, there's counselors and stuff at the schools usually. Um, and stuff like that. So, you know, shout out to anybody that, you know, deals with anything mental, you know, growing up as teenagers. I was a teenager once. You were a teenager once, you know, we, we know how it is. But kids having cannabis isn't something that I would really recommend um, at all. But the schools, they also recommend that too. And the fact that they acknowledge that drug use with kids isn't an industry's fault. It's not really the kid's fault. They're just going through some stuff. And sometimes it's an issue at home. You know, like the, the kids having some home issues and they said that during the hearing. And that's what my parents told me, too. Is, you know, yeah, normally they're having issues at home and that's why, you know, this is going on. Or they're you know trying to be cool having a social issue, mm -hmm. you know, like in school. Um, unfortunately, all the products that they did find in the kids' possessions at the school were from our dispensaries. However, they acknowledged that they got these products from family members. Um, and they, they did mention that, you know, majority of the time they do get this from family or someone that they know. Uh, it makes sense. My father echoed the same thing. I had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. He said he encountered it maybe 15 times. And out of that 15 times, you know, every single time that kid got it from their parent, they didn't know they took it. You know, they got it from an aunt, uncle, or, you know, it was given to them by someone or, you know, things like that. Um, one thing that really did shock me though, was the pens that they find them with the vape pens or tobacco, mostly not THC. So that actually was surprising me because I would thought we were going to see a heavy side of um, THC vape pens that they were getting caught with because, I mean, that's a pretty popular way to use these days, you know, other than the pre-roll, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, that's concerning to hear. Yeah. Because it makes me, it makes it seem like they can't shake the vape, the nicotine pen. Yeah, exactly. Is they've already, they're already on it and more yeah. getting on it and then. It's nicotine. I mean, yeah. you're going to need it. Yeah. You become that um, reliant on it. And they already are at that age. That's, you know, not, not very good to hear. And we're seeing so many more medical issues coming from, you know, people vaping so much. And, you know, we're talking about the people that are vaping like a competition kind of thing. You know, those people are running into issues like that, but still nonetheless. Um, so that, that is really scary to see. Now, one thing I do want to say, there is a caveat. One thing they didn't mention um, in the presentation, and they could have just forgot, or maybe they don't know. My dad told me um, that the issue is actually alcohol in the school. Um, yeah, and the kids actually get caught more with alcohol than they do with anything else because it's so easy to obtain. You know, um, every mostly every kid's parent has a liquor cabinet, or they leave it on top of the fridge, and you know, a middle school kid can definitely get on top of your fridge. Uh, so. It just goes back to these kids aren't being watched. And even when I was in high school, uh, there was an issue with alcohol in the school. You know, I had plenty of friends who were 
coming back from lunch and they had that Route 44 Sonic drink and it didn't seem to empty ever. Mm. So, you know, that that was an issue. And I even had buddies that, you know, in class, it's like, hey, can you smell the alcohol on me? I'm like, Jesus, man, from ninth grade. Um, yeah, no, it, it's always been a problem, mm -hmm. um, even in my generation. Yeah, that was always around. Uh, we didn't have vape pens, obviously, back yeah. then. <laughs> we had cans. But, yeah, so, but they were, I promise you, they were dipping in class. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they were in between class. You know, you had your, your groups. Mm -hmm. um, I but forgot about the dipping. No. Uh, yeah. They would write totally there. remember. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Didn't care. No, not at all. Um, teachers would never say anything. Yeah. It's sunflower seeds. <laughs> and uh, so... That's always been the problem. I think that what your what your father might be conveying is the fact that those types of products are are more available in the house. Yeah, yeah, they the are. Percentages of alcohol as opposed to the percentages of cannabis in the house, you know, they, they, trumps they, it. Yeah, you know, significantly. Yeah. Um, I do believe wholeheartedly, without a doubt, that these kids in school are getting it from, you know, friends, family, mm -hmm. people uh, they know. That's where I was exposed. Yeah. Uh, whenever I first started smoking, my older cousin mm -hmm. introduced me to it. Yeah. Family. Um, and then it was just, you know, friends. Yeah. You know, after that. And it's, I promise you, these kids aren't going into these dispensaries and getting their product. Yeah. Um, personally, we treat it as a bar. Yeah. You have to have your ID out. You know, if you're under the age of 21, you have to have a medical card or you have to have, you know, your guardian there, one or the other. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. There's never been anybody else in my experience. And I would very, I would find it hard for anybody in the industry to just have a middle schooler come into the dispensary and sell them a vape. Yeah. I don't think that's something that happens yeah so it's it's unfortunate um and i don't know i mean it's been going on since i was a kid yeah me too i mean so nothing's I changed know, i don't know what can be done about it yeah it's just going to turn into something else yeah and, and you know then we'll get blamed and one thing i want to want to do as an industry is i want to ensure the public that this isn't happening i mean you stating that helps but you know as an industry we have to show everybody and we're doing that so far because it's harder to get cannabis than it is alcohol. And to be honest, in some places it's harder to get cannabis than it is a gun. And you, you know, that's kind of weird to think about that. You know, like it's, it's harder to get cannabis than it is certain other things. And to assume that kids are getting it from a dispensary is a little silly because when I go in, I'm usually carded at least twice, you know, like they usually look at my ID at least two times. Once when I go in, and then usually when you go to the bud tender and you, you give them your ID again or your medical cards and they check everything in and all that good stuff. So it, there's two levels of security on that, you know, and if it's missed twice, then something's something's wrong. Yeah. Um, and I don't just see that happening because everywhere I go, I am ID'd, even if they know me, um, because they have to put it in the system. Well, yeah. it's also, you know, you'll lose your license. Yeah, exactly. It's the law. And I don't mind it. You know, like I get it 100%. You guys fought hard for those licenses and they're expensive. You know, they ain't cheap. So, you know, by all means, here's my IT. <laughs> you so. know, no big deal. So I just want to put people at ease to, you know, kids aren't getting it from a dispensary. It's once it leaves the dispensary and goes home, is 
pretty much where these kids are getting it. And people just need a parent, you know, and I'm going to keep saying this. It's 420. Do you know where your kids are? And that's something that I, I'm going to keep repeating because it just makes sense. You know, like, are my kids smoking weed? I should probably check on them, you know, but at 420, you want to know where we were? <laughs> yeah. You know, we were doing stuff that probably shouldn't be. So um, that's going to be it for that portion of things. I just wanted to bring that up um, as a city council thing. I try to get as many dispensaries to show up as possible um, just to show support and that fact that we aren't doing this and to really show the community that we're here to help. And I really hope that we can work with the Las Cruces public schools in some capacity to figure this out, maybe educate the kids on cannabis, you know, the fact that they shouldn't use cannabis until they're older, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. That would be, that would be a great idea. You know, kids are kids, you know, probably not going to listen, but yeah, we tried, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, some older guy coming in telling you not to smoke weed who's been smoking weed his whole life. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't do what I did, but I, I did what, what you're doing. But I'm telling you, <laughs> your synapses get fried. Yeah. You know, yeah. I got bad at math, you know, yeah. my junior year. I, I I wish I wouldn't have smoked whenever I was so young. Yeah. You know, it, it just became a little bit harder for me to remember things and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not like bad, but, yeah. you know. It happened. Yeah, yeah, it did make a difference. Yeah, it is you know it isn't it. And for myself, I only used cannabis when I was younger, like fourteen, for maybe half a year to a year, and then my dad found out and turned into Sergeant Lozano, and I never did that again <laughs> um, until I got out of the army. And and so I, by that time I was twenty four, and so, so you know you my, my brain was for the most part mature. Yeah, and um, I was okay, but at the same time I was dealing with PTSD too, so it was kind of like I need it. Sure. <laughs> um, and I just got out the army, and so I didn't want to go with pills. So it just you know, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But like I said, guys, if there's something you guys have ideas or anything, go ahead. Go to the public schools. You know, meet up with uh, other dispensaries, or if you are a dispensary owner, you have an idea, come to me. Maybe we can do something. I don't know. I just feel that you know, as an industry, we owe it to the community, being so new and being so controversial. And there's so much uh, misunderstanding for us that we owe it to them to educate everybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once we educate everybody, the misconceptions of cannabis will slowly disappear and it'll take a couple of generations, but it has to start somewhere. Yeah. And I kind of feel it starts with this generation. Um, so moving on, um, I'm going to be talking about one of the last things um, of the show. Border Patrol cannabis seizures are down. Um, and that's actually surprising to hear since, you know, there, there's so much legal cannabis in the nation now. Um, however, there's an other side of that one. So. I want to give you guys a little, I guess, perspective. In 2013, um, they had seized over, where's my number at right here? Uh, no, 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 no. I put it in here somewhere. Oh, yeah. They had seized almost 2.5 million pounds of cannabis 10 years ago. Last year, it was 154,000 pounds. Like, that is a huge drop. Like, we're talking, like, straight down almost. And I'm sure, you know, it went like this. But from the, you know, the 10 years, that's a huge dip. And the reason uh, for that is because a lot of the cartels that were shipping cannabis over have switched to the other stuff to send more of it and less cannabis. They still send cannabis. Don't get me wrong. They, they still pop it. And this figure right here, there's a little bit um, of that in there. However, the cannabis, that's the 154,000 majority of that is from American citizens who were in a legal state, say like New Mexico, and they got popped at the border check. Um, we've been dealing with that for a long time. They tend to not harass you too much when it comes to the border checks here in New Mexico. 
Um, they haven't been too bad. I mean, I've been a patient for 10 years. I got searched once. Um, I don't even have cannabis with me. It was, it was kind of a funny ordeal. Um, and that, that was the only time. <clears throat> normally what happens here is they call the local authorities. They don't want to deal with it. And since it's legal here, they normally just let you go. And so it's just a big waste of time. They will, however, confiscate your cannabis. So that's where that figure comes from. This is just confiscation, really. Um, and that's just really interesting and kind of alarming because we know cannabis is still coming from Mexico. But now it's just kind of like either they don't care or they're just really going after the harder stuff but not really worried about cannabis. Uh, it could be a couple of things. Yeah. Um, the federal, de federal decriminalization um, and removing all of the other cannabinoids other than THC off the controlled substance list. Yeah. Um, the priority of the Border Patrol checkpoint now has probably shifted definitely from cannabis, not only to harder drugs, but unfortunately to human trafficking mm -hmm. and other uh, very serious situations. Um, the legalization here in New Mexico, Arizona, and California also probably add to that number as well. Oh, yeah. Um, like I said, like you mentioned before, they're federal land, but they tend to go off of the land that they're surrounded in. Yeah. Uh, in my experience, uh, I've probably gone through, I've lived in this region my pretty much my whole life. Yeah. Outside of five or six years. I've gone through every single border checkpoint there's around here yeah, probably <laughs> 20 or 50 times. Yeah. The one in Texas is the one that that number will apply. You yes. cannot go through Texas in a border patrol checkpoint with any type of cannabis. They cannot let you pass because the land that you're going into is Texas and it's illegal. As fuck. So <laughs> that's the reason why if you're ever traveling, I would suggest avoiding that type of situation. In New Mexico, they're more curious than anything. Yeah. I was actually driving to Ruidoso to... Uh, deliver or work or something and the border patrol check uh the border agent asked me what i was doing where i was going and i should have just said retail but i told him you know i sell cbd or whatever and he asked me about the industry and sat not sat me there it was a polite conversation but i was talking to him for almost four or five minutes no way and i'm not exaggerating wow. i looked in the mirror as he was like oh, okay okay <laughs> and the line of cars was you know 30 40 deep i was wondering i was like how long was that line it was long and it, it got to the point where i was like listen this is i don't understand i mean i hear you but he was like asking me how's the industry been you know do you ever carry anything with you oh wow he's prying huh uh, i didn't really get the sense that he was prying he was more curious than anything hmm. um I don't think I had anything on me, but, you know, it was, and that's the other thing, going into these border patrol checkpoints, you have to know what, you know, also their priority is and what mm -hmm. they're allowed to do. Yeah. And once you kind of get that understanding of like, hey, well, I've told you my citizenship, I think we're done here. There's no probable cause for anything else. Yeah. Unless you're going to pull me over, pull me over. But yeah. If you have that type of awareness, then, you know, it's fine. I didn't understand. I didn't know that they confiscated if they were to find it. Like if sometimes Indonesia, they do. Yeah. Indoniana or yeah, yeah. Like um, 
They do the one coming from El Paso going into El Mogordo. They'll confiscate it there. Um, that's the one where I got I got searched one time. You know, they had the dog out. They're being jerks. It was Easter. And uh, I knew I didn't have any cannabis. So I was just sitting there. I had a Kiss Me I'm IRA t-shirt on. And, you know, I was sitting there just talking shit to them the whole time. Because they're being jerks. You know, they, they kept asking the same question over and over. I told them it's irrelevant to the situation. Stop asking me that. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, you know, they searched my vehicle, didn't find anything. Tried to say they found some shake in the carpet. I was like, whatever. Mm, yeah, they give that one a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, whatever. What it was, <laughs> I had Keith on my e-brake. <laughs> I had sprinkled, like, you know, some shit that just mm -hmm. fallen through time. I think I got some of that on there now. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, these dumbasses didn't even catch it. <laughs> so it's something that we have to deal with in the area. If you guys don't know, Las Cruces, we are locked. No matter what direction you go, you hit a border check. North, south, east, west, you're going to hit a border check. There's maybe one or two ways to kind of get around it, but you're still, they will set up little remote kiosks. ones. Yeah, little kiosks, no and you're going to run into it. So you're going to run into it no matter what. So we're kind of stuck. And I've never really liked these. I've always felt harassed. You know, like it's kind of like an, an, a nuisance more than anything. You know, I, I would make this joke. I'm like, they're called the Border Patrol, not the Inland Harass Americans Patrol. Uh, you know, why aren't they at the actual border? But that's a story for another day. I just wanted to touch on, you know, these numbers because that was actually when I saw those numbers, because I got curious. I'm like, 154. I kind of feel like that's way low mm -hmm. and then i was like let's go back 10 years you know like just 10 years you know we were medical you know it was kind of kicking up and everything i just joined the program let's look 2.5 million holy shit yeah, that's a lot that's a big dip so that goes to show that you know the legalization did help with you know this issue um but other issues occurred it wasn't cannabis issue it's just things happened yeah. um fentanyl came on the scene and then all of a sudden the focus went from methamphetamine cocaine to fentanyl. I guess it's probably cheaper to make or something like that. Mm. I'm not an expert on fentanyl, so correct me if I'm wrong. Um, anyway, that's all I had for that one. I mean, it was kind of short, but also a good conversation to have because, you know, the, the personal experiences we have with the Border Patrol in the area here. And like you, I, you know, I grew up in Alamogordo, so my whole life, right. American citizen. And I used to work at the, the missile range when I first got out of the military. And so every day I would, you know, go there and, you know, sometimes – had the dog out sometimes they wouldn't you know and it was just even if you're not doing anything wrong you feel like you did something wrong it's not nice it's not yeah cool. um i little trick and i'm sure a lot of people do this i just roll down all my windows yeah i roll down all my windows so they can see inside they're really interested as if you're there alone or you're there with the amount of people that you yeah yeah they're, they're more hiding anybody that's their main concern and yeah if you make it obvious that you're an american citizen the conversation should end real quick yeah, it's normally crazy. when I go through, it's like, have a good day. <laughs> so just if you're going through those, yeah, definitely know you're about to hit one and don't, you know, smoke and drive. Yeah, yeah, don't do that, guys, because they may not mess with you, but once the local PD shows up, yeah, they can dock you for can't UI do and WI. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do it. Um, if you're going to be driving in the Southwest, American Southwest, you're not from New Mexico or the area, there is a website to tell you where all the checkpoints are so that way you can plan your trip accordingly. You know, it's probably better if you're going to be going, say, from Arizona to here to not bring any cannabis with you if you're going to go through a border check just so you don't get harassed. Um, it just makes your life easier. You can get more when you get here. Um, but that's all I have for that one. Um, the very last thing I want to talk and pretty much the end of the show, but I wanted to add this as a bonus. Uh, 420 is coming up, and I wanted to give everybody a heads up of all the events that's going on in the Cruces area. 
um, not the whole state. There's too many for me to really name in the whole state on 420 to do that. Um, just in the conversation we were having before the show, I mean, I found out Hobbs is having one. I think Roswell is having one. Of course, Albuquerque and Santa Fe are having their own. Um, and down here in Cruces, you know, we're starting to get a better community, you know, together and, you know, we're having more. So the first one, and this is going to be one that I, I'm definitely going to attend. It's called the Laughing Grass uh, Festival. They had one last year, um, but this year is different. They have more bands. Um, they, they, had, they incorporate a lot of music. If you guys don't know, I'm a huge reggae fan, not because I use cannabis. I've always loved reggae. But once I moved to Hawaii and I lived there for about four years, um, I became a huge, huge reggae fan. You know, it's on the radio there. Um, and so it just made it worse. And one of my favorite bands, Tomorrow's Bad Seeds, are going to be there. And I'm pretty excited about that, actually. And it's really cool to see Las Cruces getting some, you know, notoriety like that. Like, okay, Tomorrow's Bad Seeds. All right, we can do that. And then they have a couple more. Uh, Denim and uh, Landon McNamara. I could have the hardest time saying, <laughs> hardest time saying his name, McNamara. Um, they're both island boys. I, I know Landon is for sure. He actually, I think, messaged me back in the day. He sent me a song. He was sending random people, you know, his music back in the day and happened to be one of the lucky ones. And um, really good music, reggae guys. Uh, they like to do um, acoustic, island dudes, and um, just a good sound. The next one is called the Irate. I'm not too sure about them. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not too sure what you, music you like or whatever, or, you know, if you like reggae. Yeah, I, I like reggae. I like ska. I like okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, the 90s ska. <laughs> yeah, I got to look it in there. No, I'm not talking about my ska. <laughs> ska band, uh, <laughs> uh, that'll be for another day <laughs> but yeah i'm a big reggae fan it's good to hear that, you know you, you like it too. i love scott too um especially in the 90s it felt like there was a lot of scott in the 90s to be honest uh, i think that's where it came from just yeah. growing up and i played the sax too so yeah. if you guys didn't know this random uh bit of information that probably no one needs scott came before reggae reggae is actually a branch of scott really yeah it came from jamaica and um ska started there and um, had the up more tempo beat and then reggae came along and slowed it down and huh. yeah then yeah i'd like to tell people that that actually reggae came from ska huh. so yeah a little bit of information y'all didn't need for the day um that's gonna be that um event i'll get you guys more information if there's you know you guys have um questions on tickets however the location is gonna be 3900 west picacho avenue here in las cruces pretty much headed towards um west out of town going towards devon um, the second one is going to be the first annual Southwest Cannabis Convention. I know we mentioned that briefly at the beginning of the show. Um, that's going to be the date after 420, so 421. Um, I think that's good planning, to be honest, um, in my opinion, if you're going to have a convention like that. It's going to be at the Las Cruces Event Center, um, 680 East University Avenue, Las Cruces. There's going to be um, vendors there. They're going to have different presentations, different presenters there. Are you guys going to be doing anything? Yeah, we'll be there uh, at the con uh, first annual Cannabis Convention Center. Or convention okay um we're trying to get organized to get into the laughing grass Ooh, that'd be good yeah you guys gonna be doing cbd stuff there you're gonna be kind of uh well we'll see what they're allowing okay. i don't know i have to get more details yeah yeah i mean that's good uh, i don't idea, know right? exactly what if they're allowed to sell thc there i don't believe so but i mean it could be one of those things where just well i don't know <laughs> i get that information yeah, yeah. whatever so yeah, whenever we do set up these markets, we'll take out some of our CBD products, our most popular items, the sublingual oils and the salves, and then we'll have some of those uh, hemp-based samples, uh, the edibles that okay. we can pass out for signing up, you know, yeah. over the age of 21, that type of deal. And I'm sure if, you know, you can't sell THC there, you can just send them a coupon or something like that to the shop. Yeah, no, that'll be the intention is definitely giving some, uh, you know, incentive to 
get you know show up at the shop you know we have some things going uh you can leave a google review you get a free half grand pre-roll when you come in you'll save some uh, money ten dollars off your first purchase if you sign up uh with our rewards program so those types of options will be available at these markets that we'll go ahead and uh, nice. be at okay uh, among other things as well yeah i mean whatever we're allowed to do we'll do yeah yeah Definitely. And that's something that I've been pushing for the, the state to change and the cities to change is to allow us to sell THC at events like this because I can go to the I can go to the fairgrounds and go buy wine mm -hmm. and get just plastered. Yeah. You know, and you know, no one cares, but you know, when it comes to cannabis, people people care. Like even if you go to the the fairgrounds where it's like out of the city, so it's like, come on, no one's there. <laughs> it's like no one's there. So um, moving on, the next one is gonna be the Las Cruces four twenty hemp and cannabis festival. Um, this one's actually going to be downtown. Last year, I think it was at the Sassy Grass, but this year it's actually going to be downtown, which is actually surprising. And you know, the city is behind the convention and a downtown thing, so that's really good that they're mm -hmm. supporting you know the cannabis industry like that. Um, that's going to be downtown Las Cruces Plaza. I mean, it's really easy to find. You can just Google downtown Las Cruces and you'll find it. Um, the performances are going to be Sister Black Lagoon and Lagoon and Dusty Low. I'm not too sure genres or what bands those are, but there is going to be music. Um, there's going to be, you know, vendors and other stuff like that. They are still accepting vendors. Um, cause when I was on the website, it looked like it was still open. So if you guys are interested or you guys are interested, um, I can get you the information <laughs> or get you guys the information as well. Um, next up is going to be sassy grass 420 and they're working in conjunction with Valley pizza. If you guys are from the Cruces area, lived here in a while, you probably know who Valley pizza is. Very good pizza in the area. I've, I eat it quite a bit, <laughs> you know, and, um, They've been around for quite a while, super local, real cool people. Um, and they just ha so happen to be right next door to Sassy Grass. So they're working in conjunction. They're going to have an event on 420. And the last few events, except the convention one, they're all going to be on 420. So if you're going to be in Cruces, you live in Cruces, there is a wide variety of events going on. And I, is that, yeah, that's the last one that I know of. If there's any more, please let me know. Reach out to me. I'll, you know, plug it on the next episode because that's going to be the second one to last before 420. Um, is there anything you have on these maybe or no, um, I don't know if we'll oh, you go. go to those ones. I think just the, yeah, the laughing grass and the first annual Southwest and we might try well, depending on staffing. Yeah. Cause it's all on 420. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 420 is a crazy day. <laughs> so I mean, we can only do so much. You kind of got to pick and choose. The yeah. Bit, like not you can only say. smoke so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I think we're focusing on the Laughing Grass and the uh, Southwest Cannabis Convention. Cool. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm going to try to make to as many as uh, possible. Yeah, like definitely going to go to the first two. Um, I mean, the convention is, makes sense. It's the day after, you know, so it's a little easier. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Good so you're not really stretched out too thin mm -hmm. and give everybody an opportunity to check it out without like, hey, I got to check out everything else in town. Yeah, so and it's not like alcohol. Everybody's going to be too hungover to come in the next day. So. <laughs> You'll be all right. Right. All right, guys. Well, that's all I have for this week, for this show. Um, thank you again, Don, for, for joining me. It was a great conversation. Oh, and, you you appreciate know. it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. And, you know, again, uh, what's your guys' address? 1024 South Main uh, here in Las Cruces, Brian's Green Care. Again, it's at briansgreencare.com. And uh, you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram. I think it's Brian's Green You guys have two. Well, we have our new Instagram that just popped up. It's Brian's Green Care Company. Okay. Brian's Green Care Company. On and Instagram. Then, uh, that's the company Instagram. And then we have an Instagram for our Las Cruces location. 
Brian's Green Care Company underscore, underscore Las Cruces. Okay, cool. Well, you guys have all the information. If you want to go check them out, I highly recommend it, uh, especially those edibles. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> yep. All right, guys. Well, I'll see you again next week. Um, Y'all have a good week and take care. Shoots.